For any Yankee fans looking for a podcast to listen to, I suggest you check out NYY Sports Talk. Are you listening? Tune into the fellas. Damn. Uh. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. There's no BS, there's no drama. Uh. You just feel like you're with the fellas talking baseball. Welcome back. This is episode 248 of the NYYST podcast. I'm your host, Christian. As always, joined by my co-host, Chris. You! What's up, everybody? It's Sunday night. The Yankees uh, nearly killed half their fan base today. Uh, I didn't think I was going to be able to record this today? evening. How about last night? Well, <clears throat> I didn't think I was going to be able to record this evening because I spent the last uh, four hours on the phone with my pharmacist trying to get my Xanax re-upped. <laughs> uh, but the Yankees managed to pull out these final two games in Chicago, take the series. Uh, they went 5-1 and one against the Chicago White Sox this season. So that's very encouraging. That if you think about this, and I saw somebody tweet this earlier, if you take out, you, obviously you can't, but if you take out the games against the Red Sox, the Yankees have the third best record in baseball. Yeah, I mean, it's encouraging and it's also discouraging. I mean, because the Red Sox are clearly going to be in the, in the way of this team. Um, but there's a lot to break down in, in such a little bit of time because we just released a show on Friday. But I got to just bring up one thing, and this is not to knock the Mets, but do you remember me saying that regardless of what was going on in Atlanta, if they let that team hang around for too long, they were going to end up taking over? Well, Can it was you, Philadelphia. No, no, no. It, what, what, I, what I was saying was Atlanta was playing under 500 baseball. I said, you let that team hang around. They're too good for that. And look at this. They're, what, four or five games over 500 now? Mets are sitting pretty in third, and they're getting their ass kicked tonight. Six two, I think. I just checked. well think about think about this. What would the reaction on social media? Well, the, look at that. I didn't even realize that the Braves took over first yes, place. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It, it was the Phillies, but the Phillies dropped most dropped a couple here. Yeah, they tied with the Mets man. for second place the, right now. Because look, the Braves were playing way under what even with the injuries. I mean, they were playing way under their talent level. Just think about this before we get into the Yankees, and then we'll do the. We'll do the little bookkeeping before we get into them. But think about this, right? What would social media be like? Yanks are down 6 not. They're home. Yanks are down 6 nothing, right? Mm-hmm. Bottom of the second inning, mm-hmm. they have two runners on. They let the pitcher bat. Uh-huh. Pitcher doesn't, you know, doesn't do anything. Doesn't do anything. Yankees don't score. Top of the third inning, he goes to the bullpen. Ooh. <laughs> did that really happen? That's what Luis Rojas oh, did today. No, and Carrasco look, guys, gave up. Look, guys, Carrasco I, gave up six runs. They had oh. two runners on bottom of the second inning. He lets Carrasco bat. Doesn't get the. Doesn't move the runners over. Doesn't do anything. Mets don't score. Top of the third inning, he goes to the bullpen. Okay. Here's what I gotta say. And uh, this episode's gonna be a little bit of me defending Boone. Because I've been ripping them all year, and there's a lot to be said about Aaron Boone right now. But if Aaron, those are the types of moves in a manager where you just got to really scratch your head. Like, we can question things because of outcome. But my only question would be, maybe he wanted Carrasco in there because he wasn't going to pinch hit for a guy that maybe Carrasco could bunt. And he figured he was giving up an out anyway. 
and maybe yeah, Carrasco just I mean, you're didn't down get the six job done. against Scherzer, though, bro. You why are you not trying to score there? Yeah, at least bring in an offensive player. Yeah, man. If you know you're going to the bullpen, even if you get a run in that it's situation, bad managing. It's bad managing. That's bad managing. So and the Mets are down six two in the fifth right now. So it's yeah, it's bad managing. Do a little bookkeeping because we got. I got. I got it. We got to really want to get into the heart of what's going on with the Yankees right now because. As well as they're playing, there's just a lot that just makes you feel uneasy. All right, so don't feel uneasy and become a patron of the show. Please support the fellas there. You know, the season is rapidly uh, coming to an end here. We're about six weeks away from the final uh, game in a regular season, and the Yankees still don't have a postseason spot. So, I mean, you know, we said this could be the final season. Um you know, if, uh, if if it comes down to that, we're hoping that a Patreon would be the thing that carries us through. And we're still not at our goal of 250 pa- uh, patrons. So please go there, support the show. Uh, that It's where you're going to find exclusive bonus content that you cannot get anywhere else. Exclusive shows during the week. Uh, and you'll be helping the fellas out, keeping the show going. We're not, we're, I'm going to say this, like we're not doing Patreon to get rich. We're doing it to keep the show alive. And to pay the bills that this show is. Anybody that has a podcast knows it's not free. Right now, the patron the patron account is is covering our overhead, which isn't a lot. It's not a lot to cover the overhead, but it adds up. It adds up monthly. So we so gotta help we gotta break get, through. In six weeks, help us get to two fifty. So let's go there, help us out, become a patron of the show. Patreon.com slash N Y Y S T. And how do you help can you help the show? Go to Apple Podcasts, leave us a five star rating and review. Question of the week for the Apple Podcasts, leave it in, in your uh, in your review. Who should close right now? Because I think yeah, that's man. that's a big topic right now. And we've seen it in the last couple of days here where the Yankees have kind of uh, almost shit a couple of games away because they haven't been able to lock them down at the end of the game there. Uh, it was um, Saturday night. They, uh, they had a, it was four to three, right? It was, they had a four to three lead and uh, Chad Green's on the mound and he, he throws the worst curveball I might've ever seen in my entire life to Jose Abreu. Which by the way, I mean, his fastball looks so good. And you just always got to question yourself when it comes to Green and like what he's thinking. And Matt Blake has well, done a here, phenomenal what, job. Bro, he's not thinking. Neither is Kyle Higashioka back there. The t- like, how many times this season have we seen Chad Green get beat on that curveball when clearly people can't hit his fastball? I would keep. Look, you want to say he's fouling off, fouling off, fouling off, and you got you got to change. <laughs> then you okay. don't throw for a strike. Then don't throw it for a strike or change the eye level. Throw it a little lower. Throw it a little higher. That's you know, it. Throw it in a different quadrant. Don't don't get beat on that curveball. No. And even I think it was it was Cone or, or O'Neal last night says he doesn't even have, really have confidence in that thing. And he's throwing it to Jose Abreu in that situation. Yeah. You can't have that happen. Yeah. And it's, if you're it's Kyle happened Lagash, too many times, too. If you're Kyle Gosh, Yoka, you got to take that second finger and just shove it up your ass and only put down one. And if he keeps shaking it off, you go out there and talk to him and tell him, listen, bro, you're fucking throwing this fastball. And if we're losing this game, if this game is getting tied, we're getting we're getting beat with your best pitch. Yeah, because it's happened too often with him. If you're Kyle Gashioka and fuck it, if you're Gary Sanchez, when you come back, when you have a guy like Chad Green on the mound and that fastball is as, is as coming in as quick as it is and as hard as it is and as successful as it was. 
especially with two outs. Look, when you're oh, hi, Chris, did I unfreeze for you? Yeah. <laughs> when you're facing a team like the White Sox, they have some. Look, are they the greatest lineup up and down? No, but they have some dangerous hitters, and they're hitters that you can work around. Right, not work around in a sense of walk them, but they're guys that you need to really put all your all your fucking pieces behind. And at that point, with two outs, and you have a guy like Abreu coming up with a one run lead, and there was two outs, right? I, I'm yes. I'm right with that, right? You got to go out to that mound, and even if Matt Blake has to come out and call it, you have to say, "Look, your fastball's working right now. Guys are so behind." And he even threw when there was one out, I believe, and maybe it was even the inning before. I don't remember. He went back to that curve, and, and it should have been a hit, but but DJ was shifted over and made the catch. But anyway, you got to go out there and say, look, you're only throwing fastballs for a strike at this point. And if he's on him, because he was hitting his spots with it too, and if he's on him and fouling it off, when you throw that off speed, it better not be in the strike zone. Do not throw it in the strike zone. I don't care if he doesn't even flinch at it. Just mess him up a little bit. That's how good your fastball is. And instead, he's throwing a curveball. He didn't even try to keep it off the plate. I mean, that was a that was a BP fucking curveball. No, that's uh, I mean, that rolled up there. I mean, it, it literally wore a T-shirt that says "Hit me, hit me, hit me hard." As like a guy like a Abreu. I mean, come on, man. You know how dangerous he is, and 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 how behind he was in that fastball. All you're looking to do with that curve at that point is maybe get lucky and have him swing at something in the dirt. And don't get me wrong, when Chad Green's on, that curveball's fucking filthy. But his fastball... It's not his best pitch. He's got to have more faith in that fastball. He's got to. Isn't that when he got sent down a couple seasons ago? Maybe it was even... No, it's a couple seasons ago, I think. 2019, I think it was. Wasn't that when he came back up and said he just had to rely on his fastball a little more? And maybe it was the other way around. I don't know for sure, but... He really turned something around, and, and it's like he's got to go out there with faith, but it's not just Chad Green. I mean, and that's the issue. It, it's really, at this point, you ask yourself, in a one-run game, fuck it. Fuck a, fuck a one-run game, Christian. In a four-run game, who are you confident in? Who? All right. So, because we we got a lot to talk. I mean, we we spent a good portion of Friday's show, Saturday morning show, talking about Zach Britton, and we still have to talk about yes Zach Britton. Now it came out after we had recorded Friday night's show that he told Boone that he didn't want to close anymore. He said that he doesn't deserve that spot. That other guys in the staff deserve it. I don't like now, the phrase of he doesn't want to close anymore. Well, I don't I think, think that's, that's proper. I, I think it's he he said he doesn't deserve it. I think he doesn't deserve it. He didn't whatever. All right, you want to whatever he you want to say. He fucking wants he, it. He wants it, but he said that he doesn't deserve it right now. He said that it's not he he shouldn't be the guy put in that spot. True. So uh, we at, I asked you guys respect or no respect, and you answered respect for for stepping up and saying that you know what I'm not being effective. I don't. I shouldn't be in those situations, and. You know, lo and behold, there he was again Saturday night to close the game out, and he had to get bailed out by Albert Abreu, of all people, because it's not even that he was getting hit. He couldn't find the friggin' strike zone, which that's a frustrating thing with him, too, is that even when he's had his good outings this year, 
he still walked a guy. And that yeah. was never something that he ever did. And, and we you talked knew, about that. And the second the he walks night. a guy, it's like, it's done. You might as well turn the fucking TV off. So, you know, and people are, are ripping Boone. Uh, you, he, you had, you said he's not going to close and here he, but listen, he tried to stay away from Zach Brand on, on Saturday night. Chad Green blew the game. He had nobody to go to. He got, oh, look, the Yankees got bailed out by Albert Abreu came in, did the job. It wasn't easy. Uh, he got Tim Anderson on the final out, although that was a little, uh, you know, that, that was not an easy play there. I think Odor made the final out. Um, but I mean, look at the names that were in in the bullpen: Stephen Ridings, uh, Brody Corner, fucking uh, Brooks Krisky, Nick Nelson. Who did you want him to go to there? You got to have. That's what I don't understand. Who did you want him to go to there? He went the nine innings without going to Zach Britton. The tenth inning presented itself to go to to that he needed to somebody to close the game. Dude, I mean, at that point, who do you trust? Okay, don't you have to just say? Look, I didn't really want Zach Britton to be in this spot, but here we are. I, I got I got to have faith in him. Look at what I got out there. Look, it it starts. You have to take it back from 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 the basic level of what Britton did. Okay, Britton goes into Boone's office and he says, "I don't deserve to be the closer. I don't deserve those big innings." He's not saying, nor should the Yankee organization take this this way. He's not saying if it's a close game and we're up and it's between me or Brooks Krisky or Nick Nelson or anyone anyone other than the elite guys that you normally rely on, should you, should you go to them over me? What he's saying is, I don't deserve the spot. It should go to someone who's also an elite reliever. Now, given the injuries and COVID and whatever the hell else, there's really only two other guys that you can think of. Correct. That you would say, even at Zach Britton's worst, there's only two other guys that you would consider, at least at this point right now, your elite guys in that bullpen that you're going to over Zach Britton. Uh, Okay. And did he pitch? He did pitch. Okay. And who else? Uh, right now, I got to say, Wandy Peralta. No, no, no. Because I'm going to, no, because I'm going to get to that. Okay. And didn't want and didn't want to Peralta pitch also? That is correct. Okay. But who else? Uh probably Chad Green. Okay. And did he pitch? He did pitch. Okay. So what Yankee fans are not seeming to grasp, or at least half of them aren't seeming to grasp, is that at that point, you're telling me, because they're on the road, that there's no everyone's saying he should have been put in last. Well, guess what? You're still in the same fucking spot. Because you're not putting them in when they're down at that point. Because when they're down, the, the game's over. Okay? So you have to then go, you have to say, okay, put in all my guys that I trust more than Britain. But now I have to go to Britain. I have to go to Britain. And if he can't get it out, you know what Boone did a great job of finally? Getting him the fuck out of the game. And he got him the fuck out. And he put in a Abreu. And by God's luck, he fucking got out of it. I mean, but yeah. if you're sitting there telling me, that any of those guys in the bullpen are the move over Zach Britton after using all those other guys, you are dead wrong. And there's a lot of people I respect on Twitter saying this, that that Boone was wrong. I'm sorry, that's not the case. You still have to rely on this guy in some capacity. Now, after that game, now I'm starting to put other pieces maybe even ahead of Britton now. That's fair. 
If you want to say now Abreu can be trusted over him at this point, fair, fair. But at that, in that moment, you have a guy who put his ego aside enough, his pride aside enough to come into your office and say, I don't deserve this spot. So you don't use him in the spots that you would have. And the guys who are you're supposed to rely on don't get the job done. So you are forced to go to him. What more what can Boone, you do? But here's what Boone said. Even though after he announced that it was going to be Luizica and Green in the majority of the closing spots, uh, he did say that Zach Britton was still going to be used in high leverage situations. He didn't say he was going to stay away from him in, in tough spots. So This was after I mean, the game? No, this was... This was before the game when, okay. when I texted you and said that he wasn't going to close anymore, but Boone had said that he was still going to use him in key situations. And you, and up until that game, you have to. You have to. But now, I he is so worthless to me that I can't see Britain come into a game unless they're down a few runs. Look, ah, he's got I'm a, sorry. He, here's what the problem is. The Yankees don't play any of these types of games, but he needs a couple of games when the Yankees are up seven to one, he can come into the ninth inning. I know. Close the game out. He feel a little bit better about himself. But the Yankees never present any of those types of games because even today, you know, Luke Voigt hits the home run in the ninth inning. They're up five to one. You're like, okay, maybe we can breathe a little bit in this ninth inning. And then Lucas Lickie decides he's going to pour fucking gasoline on the mound. <laughs> and, he, and then he has to get bailed out by Juan de Peralta. Uh, I I don't know, man. Like I personally, I'm on the fence about letting Luiza because even after. Look, I think per, honestly, if Voigt doesn't hit the home run, I think Luiza is on the mound to start the ninth inning. I understand what Boone was doing. He figured he got a four run lead. He can save some bullets with Luiza, but he but then still at five to one, knowing how every single game is a friggin' shit show with this team. I still probably would have went batter to batter with Luizica. And if you got into trouble, I had Licky, I had Peralta yeah. waiting. And that's something where it's fair to assess after the outcome. Because I feel like if the Yankees lost, we could have probably went down that road. But at the end of the day, Christian, we're talking about a four-run lead. A four-run lead. And he brought in a guy who hasn't been a shit show. He's been more than reliable in this bullpen. And again... He hasn't been the same guy he's been early on in the season, though. He's starting to... You know, like I said, and credit Nestor Cortez. I was just going to say, you owe him an apology. We'll get to that in a second. The the bloom is starting to come off the rose a little bit with Lucas. Like he has, he's a guy that hasn't pitched in the major leagues in six years. So whatever the Yankees got out of him is found gold. But you know, yeah, you know what? If Licky fucking can't pitch the rest of the year, he did his job on this team. He exceeded what they what they were gonna what they thought they'd get out of him. Okay, but that's not the point. The point is the the ultimate point is is that we're trying to criticize a manager right now who we can all sit here and say, in this moment in time, answer this question for me. In this moment in time, do you trust, I'm going to ask you a couple questions in a row, quick quick yes or no. Do you trust in a one-run game, in this moment in time, Chad Green or Wandy Peralta? Just in this moment in time, right now. On August 15th? On August 15th, today? 2021. Today is August 6th. What is today? Today's Whatever. the 15th. 15th, oh, yeah, 16th, today's the 15th. 15th. Uh, Wandy Peralta. In this moment in time, do you trust Wandy Peralta or Zach Britton? Wandy Peralta. That's today. A, that's a pro- today. That's a problem. Can we agree that that's it? 
can we just agree that that's a problem? It is yeah. a it is a problem to have when you're telling me in this moment in time he's your guy that you trust more than the two guys, not including Owizika, because I feel like Owizika for the most part has been pretty consistent. He has his moments. But that's a problem. And and here's where I just have to give Boone a little bit of credit here because I've been very critical of him this year. But we're talking about a team that's a fucking shell of itself right now and has the best fucking record, right, of any team or at least tied for one of the best records since the All-Star break. I believe it's the best. And we're talking about a team that you fucking trust Wandy Peralta to close out a game over anyone else. On August 15th, he's your second most trusted. You you have a fucking team where Tyler Wade's playing every day and actually seeing enough pitches where he's starting to hit the ball. Okay? You have a team where you're throwing Stanton in the outfield for the first time in three years. You have a team where Odor is playing third base with not the greatest arm and not really having any experience over there. And let me give some credit to Rugi because I was so nervous the first couple of days that he played third base, but he's... Being a lot more steady and a lot more solid over there. Absolutely, but you're still playing with a team that you're holding your breath in a lot of situations, and this team has shown up. And you have to give credit to that manager because in the first half where you can sit here and say he wasn't getting the most out of his players, he is exceeding the most out of what he should get out of these guys. And doing doing it while having to rely on Wandy Peralta. We're still in a situation here where we don't know if the Yankees are making the postseason, but recent, since July, since the middle of July, whenever the All-Star break was, every time the Yankees get kicked in the face, they get right back They fucking again. punch back. And if it wasn't for Britain, they would have fucking really shoved it to the White Sox. I mean, and we're not talking about a pushover team. There's no, a lot so, to be said. I mean, There's a lot to you, be said for what this team has done. Aaron Boone managed his 500th uh game the other day he's got a 600 winning percentage yes that's a fucking phenomenal winning percent he's only the fifth yankee manager to do so in that amount of games so to, I mean, to have 300 wins in that amount of games oh that it, it i could win that many games with uh, a talented <laughs> team like that no you could no, could you just told me how untalented the team was so i mean uh, you know you can't knock Boone when the team wins saying it's not him and then give him all the blame for when the team loses. I think he's, I think he's done a much better job managing his team in the second half of the season. That doesn't mean I think he should keep his job if they don't make the postseason. It just means that we're, we have to be fair about the way we break sure. the team down and he's done a much better job. And I think he's seen, and I think also one of the things that we've always gotten on him about was that he kind of sits on his hands with this bullpen and he's been a lot more proactive than reactive and getting guys in and out of the game. One thing that the Yankees have done, and it's part of the Yankee philosophy that I hate and I still hate it is that it seems like when the Yankees get within a certain stretch, it's finally game time for them where they start to treat every game like it's a fucking must win. And I feel like with the Yankee philosophy of resting guys and not pitching guys back to back and shit like that, that they wait too long to get into this mode. But Aaron Boone is clearly in this mode now where he's not fucking around. Like, yeah, he, yeah, he went to Britain the other day, but he had someone ready to go. And that's something that maybe three weeks ago, if Britain was in the same space, he he lets Britain blow that fucking game. Oh, absolutely. You I don't know? think I don't think maybe even a, like you said three four weeks ago, Britain's on that mound until that game's over. And one hundred percent. And that's something that 
I can praise Boone for turning it on, but also criticize and say the Yankees wait too long to get into this mode. And here's something to really think about is like if this team played the way it was playing before the All-Star break and and they just fucking fell flat on their face and and shit the bed, didn't make the postseason, would it have been tough to swallow? Yeah, it would have been really fucking tough to swallow. But now you're watching a team that's playing some of the best baseball in, in the entire league, in the American National League. This team is one of the best in baseball right now despite all their injuries, and they're still not in a playoff spot. So it's going to be even worse now if this team can't find a way to break through and 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 pass some some of these teams and find a way into the postseason. It's, if this team falls, if this team falls short of a postseason playing as well as it is through the rest of the season, that's going to be a really difficult pill to swallow. It really is. Yeah, it is, but I it's you'd rather them go out on their you know to go yes. out on their shield. You would yes. rather see that. Of course. Than, than them win 81 games. Of course. If they, if they win 92, 93 games, is not good enough. You know what you say? Yeah, you're disappointed. You're bitter. They should have even been better than that, but they went out fighting, and that's all sometimes you can ask for from your team. Yeah, in a sense. You don't want them to be a miserable wretch of a fucking 81-win team. No, where you're talking and, about rebuilding. Yeah, where you're talking about rebuilding, exactly. No, but my point is like, if they went out falling on their face, we would be up in arms. We'd be disgusted. We'd be calling for people's heads. But now you're starting to see a team that, again, despite all the injury, despite everything, they're playing well enough where, let's just say they kind of cruised through the season the way they were and somehow made a postseason spot. You had no faith they'd get anywhere. Now you're in a spot where if they get a postseason spot, you have faith that this team can make a pretty decent run. And so if they fall short of that, to just think of what it could have been if they didn't fucking play like ass in the first half, what they could have done, that's going to be really difficult to to wrap your head around. Well, Chris, all you got to know is this, right? They're one game behind the Red Sox for the second wild card, play the Red Sox three times a week. So... Yeah, and that's what scares. But that's what scares me, though. This team's been so bad against Boston. Is Boston a different team right now? Absolutely. But I. This is what I said last week. I hate the fact that the A's stepped up and kind of, you know, put a little gap between them and. It's only a couple games, really, but they're the top wild card spot now. We're chasing a team out who we can't beat this year. And the Yankees are two games behind the ace for the top wild card. They play them three next week. So, I mean, the teams that you have to beat, I mean, the teams you have to pass, you're playing. So, you hold the des- you hold your destiny in your own hands. If you win games, if you win your games, you beat these teams, you're going to go to the postseason. And, I mean, the Yankees have a little bit of work to do in regards to drop their last two games. So, the lead is five now. I mean, you'd like to... They, they finished the season with the Rays the last three games of the year at Yankee Stadium. So you're going to have to close that gap to even two, one, two games uh, heading into that final series to have a shot there. But, I mean, just talking about the wild card there, the, the games are in front of you. The teams that you have to beat are right in front of you. So you, you just take care of business. Um, so I got do I guess I do owe Nestor Cortez a little bit of an apology. He was great today, six innings, uh, one run, seven Ks. Uh, it was just that 
Nestor Cortez is Nestor Cortez. And I've seen the Nestor Cortez show before. We saw it in 2019 where he was great until he wasn't. And then the Yankees designated him. So when he was on that little bit of a patch to last two starts, you just start to think about it. But you know what? He stepped up today. He's another guy that stepped up today when the Yankees needed uh, somebody to step up and give him a big start and give him innings. Uh, Jameson Tyone, as great as he's been, didn't do that on Saturday night. It was very disappointing that he only gave the Yankees five mm-hmm. innings. It was very disappointing that he was handed two leads and gave him right back. I mean, you know, you're you're pitching well enough and you're getting strong enough this deep into the season where the team is starting to rely on you and trust you. And in a game the team absolutely needs after getting, again, a kicked in the face, kicked in, you know, another gut punch of a loss on the Field of Dreams game, you know, the Yankees give you two first inning runs when they never give anybody first inning runs. You can't turn around and hand that back. And Tyone did that. Now, is that to say that I'm going to be as down on Tyone as I was after the Philly game? No, but it's disappointing. And you just got to call for what it is. It's like when we call out Garrett, if we're going to call out Garrett Cole for having shit games, I mean, you're obviously going to call out Jamison Tyone for having shit yeah, games. Yeah, of course. Of course. And was it like a blow-up game? No. But you you need more out of him, especially when your rotation is just non-existent at this point. And, you know, I'm just looking back at right after the All-Star break, they, they lost the, you know, the, the opener was postponed against the Red Sox. And then they come out and they lose the actual next game that they finally play. That was after the COVID. After the shit. COVID. And the Yankees are sitting 46-44 and 44 at this point. Okay? Two games over five hundred. Since then, and this was not long ago, this team is now at a high, new high watermark, right, of 13, 13 games over 500. That is a big, big difference. This team is legit right now. Their record is finally showing it. You need to find a way to fucking keep winning series. And at this point, it's like, I mean, how many more series is this team's winning series? They're doing what they have to do. Did they dig too too big of a hole for themselves? I don't think so. I think if as long as they keep playing this kind of baseball, they're going to get there. But like you said, they have to win the games now that 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 control their destiny, and and it starts against the Red Sox. Right? They have a makeup game Monday against the Angels. Angels. You and, and you got you Cole lose. on the mound, right? Can't lose that game. That no. has to be. He needs to fucking come. We talked about how many times Cole has come out in games where you say you have to fucking dominate, and and he has done that, but there's been more times than not that he hasn't. This is a game. I don't care if you've been out for fucking three weeks. You need to come out and be Garrett fucking Cole tomorrow. Yeah, but here's the thing, right? And this did come come through my mind here. Why didn't the Yankees save him for Tuesday? Mm. Well, you kind of touched on this in a text. I don't know if I if I fully believe it, but... I don't know. I mean, do, do are the Yankees really that nervous to put their ace on the mound against against Boston at this point? Well, do they want I, him to come out and at least I mean, the guys gotten shelled up and down against Boston. Maybe the may, I mean, either way it's a bad mindset because if you're saying Garrett Cole just hasn't been successful against the Red Sox, that's a problem too because he's going to need to be good against them. Right? If you're saying you want to give him a little confidence boost and have him face the Angels instead of the Red Sox in his first game back, that's kind of a problem too. I mean, any way you put it, it's a problem. Shouldn't my, I mean, here's the rotation going. It's going to be uh, Cole Monday, Montgomery and Heal are pitching uh, in the doubleheader. So you could have easily put either one of the, 
maybe not heal. I don't know if it was his turn, if he could have pitched Monday, but Montgomery and Cole are in the same boat, right? Why not Montgomery on Monday? Even though I know he's been one of your better pitchers, maybe you want him against the Red Sox. But if, I mean, like we always say, you got to hold certain guys to a different standard. And Garrett Cole is one of those guys. You can't be afraid to fucking pitch him against the Red Sox. Can you maybe, I know we do this at the end at more towards the end, but can you, do we have a breakdown of what the Yankees pitching is going to line up to be? I just told you. I, I didn't fully uh, comprehend. He, uh, Cole's pitching Monday. Okay. Heel and Montgomery are pitching in double. Oh, right, on right, right. I knew that. Yep. And the Yankees are listed as TBD on Wednesday. Okay. So, so I mean, that's tough. It's just a tough because you got seven inning games, right? It's just a t- I don't know. I don't know what their thinking is. I really I mean, don't. You really could have looked at it in a situation there. If you put Garrett Cole in the mound in one of those double headers, then you might not even need you. You are hoping you don't even need your bullpen in one of those games. Yeah, but if you do, and then you also need it on Monday, you know, you you're hoping maybe he gives you a lot of length on Monday, and gives the team an opportunity to break out a a big game, and then on Tuesday you have a fresh bullpen. Which doesn't matter. It's 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 filled with guys that you can't rely on anyway. Um, so again, it's like the Yankees are playing great baseball and and they're really playing above their head at this point with all the injuries. But at the same time, there's just so many problems because the one strength this team was supposed to have is just filled, littered with guys you can't rely on right now. Well, you know, the Yankees are getting healthier. They're getting better. We still haven't hurt. It's going to be a while for Glaber Torres. It sounds like he's not even he's not even allowed to pick up a bat until there's no pain in that thumb. Uh, so he's still weeks away. They gave uh, Urshela an injection to help the healing process. It doesn't sound like he's anywhere close. Rizzo, if he passes a cardiac test, uh, he can start working out with the team again. So maybe at the end of the week for him, uh, Gary Sanchez played in Somerset today. So it sounds like Tuesday for Gary. Uh, who else? Uh, we know Cole and Montgomery are back Monday and Tuesday. Uh, and then um, am I miss who am I missing? Any you're you're missing Kluba. Corey Kluba uh, had a rehab on uh, which SGR went to, and he said that he didn't look sharp. But no, I'm not, but I'm, but I'm not worried really about take, that. I don't take too much out of that. That was on Thursday, right? The same day we mm-hmm. feel the dreams game. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the guy you worry about is Luis Severino. He was supposed to pitch Friday. Uh, they scratched him. Uh, he, you know, the manager in, in Scran said he didn't think it was a big deal, but the Yankees are sending him for imaging. They also announced today his rehab is over, but they didn't place him anywhere, so God only knows what the hell is going on with him. We'll, we should know more in, in a day or two. Um, it's not, from everything that we've heard, it just sounds like let's not rely on Severino coming back. Well, here's the thing with him, bro. Even if it's inflammation, which is very common and very expected with a guy that hasn't pitched in two years and is coming back from Tommy John and the groin injury. But did he even start anywhere other than the groin injury? Yeah, he did. He's pitched. He's, he's made a, a start or two oh, on okay. this last rehab. Oh, okay. But even if it's inflammation, I got to shut him down two weeks. What he's That pretty much takes him out of the rest of the season. Maybe it's nothing. 
Maybe he felt a little off, but the weather, they shut him down. They say, you know what? But that's the thing. Maybe he just felt a little stiff for something. They, we don't have a lot of details. All we know is that the game was delayed down there. There were storms in the forecast. Maybe he just didn't feel like he could. You know, guys feel like that all the time. You just can't get loose, and they pitch through it. But because he's, you know, on a rehab assignment, no one's chancing anything. Right. Right. So, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see what him uh, so the Yankees are, they're going to get three of their guys back in the next two days. So, I mean, you know, you just hope that it continues to help them out and help them play good baseball. Um, and you I know just, what, I, as much as I want Torres to be healthy and, and Urshela to come back, they're not my biggest concerns right now because guys have really stepped up in those roles. I, I want Rizzo back. I want Stanton to play the outfield a little more because I look, as shitty as Luke Voigt can be in big spots, he also comes through, and he's not a bad bat to have in this fucking lineup. I mean, you don't have Luke Voigt today. You're probably looking at a loss. No, and you know you always get on me about Luke Voigt, but I think he should be the DH regularly. He has to when, be. Uh, it's your best lineup. Well, I don't know, dude, because if you're all completely healthy, I, I don't know how you take at-bats away from Odor because he's – Another guy that's been really clutch and plays sure, hard. Sure, for this he had team. a two-run homer today. I mean, where are you without this guy? And and so you know, I, mean, I was listening to the first half of the game, and it sounded like you know, Ruggie hits a two-run homer, and then I forget who else had had a big shot. It sounds like Ruggie came out and runs onto the field, and is the first guy just jumping up at home plate. I oh, mean, this guy's fucking—he's guy. been the heart of this team. He really has been. You got to keep this guy in the lineup somehow. That's why, you know, you look, we think batting average matters. And I know we're getting passed up as, uh, you know, by the the analytics crowd, but you can't always go by that because what Ruth Neto Dor has done for this team is so much more than his batting average. Just like what Joey Gallo has done for this team is so look, Joey Gallo has struggled. We all know that, but he had two big home runs on Saturday night. And guess what? Joey Gallo leads Major League Baseball in fucking walks. Yeah, man. You can't, that's not, and he's still drawing his walks even while he's been struggling to get it together with the hits. How important that, are walks in this lineup at the top of the lineup? I mean, how important are they? When you have guys following you up like fucking Stanton, Judge, whoever else is in that lineup, getting on base can change the entire game. Since Joey Gallo's been here, as much as he struggled, and he's had a couple of games where he's he's had big hits and, and helped them win games, but how many times has Joey Gallo now batting cleanup or higher been in and out in two pitches and has not worked the bat and has not worked in that bat? He he fucking works him most of the time. I'm gonna look up. What do you think his on base percentage is since becoming a Yankee? Uh it's probably around 400. Now I don't know if this takes into account today. We all know. Uh, we all know that um, baseball references. I don't know if it's four hundred. It's, it's a little lower than I thought. It's three twenty eight. Yeah, but what's he hitting like with buck thirty? He's hitting a buck sixty seven. All right, so but that's almost two hundred points higher. Okay, and what do we always say? You optimally like a hundred point separation between on base and batting average. So his slugging's over four hundred. His OPS is in the mid sevens. I mean. The guy's the guy is. It doesn't matter how many times he's striking out. He's working counts. He's putting up for the most part good at bats, and he's getting on base. And then guess what? He he sprinkles in some fucking bombs. That fucking home run last night. I I didn't see the first one. I saw the second one. 
and that thing was torched. Yeah, pal Joey. My pal Joey jacked one. Uh, excuse me, Susan. You have a little bit on your face <laughs> there. I mean, look, you get there's so it's so it's such a weird position to be in as a as a fan and and as people who are analyzing this team for the show. It's like there's so much to be hopeful for and there's so much to be optimistic about. But then you're kind of you have this like underlying anxiety thinking about the troubles of this team. And if they don't work them out, you know, they, they make a postseason spot. Like I said before, you're much more hopeful at this point that this team can make a run. But really, when you think about it, you need to rely on guys like Britain. You need to be able to rely on guys like Chapman, Green, Low Isaacah in close games. And look, the postseason brings out, you know, a lot more in players sometimes. You hope that these guys step up in a different way. And they're really, you know, emptying the gas tank when they're out there. Well, one more thing from Saturday night's game is that Aaron Judge drove in four runs. Each of the runs gave the Yankees a lead. He leads the team in go-ahead RBIs. But I'm told he's not clutch. Now, come on. Look, there's times when he's not. But in, in his broad work of art here, let's put aside the let's put aside the regular season for a minute. How many home runs, how many big runs has he driven in the postseason? Look, we talked about this, is that if you look at his overall body of work in the postseason, maybe it doesn't jump off at the page at you. No, but you got to break it down. But there's been times, and especially like in the 2018 wildcard game, when he smashes a home run in the first inning. Game's over at that point. Sets the tone, man. Sets, or, uh, sets the tone. Wasn't it, in, wasn't it in the wild card round last year, game one, he hits a big home run? Yeah. Sets the tone for the entire series He right did it there. against the A's a couple years ago, a few years ago. He did it last year. I mean... I get it. Sometimes it's it's like, what have you done for me lately? That's why if Stanton goes three for four with three home runs, drives in seven runs, but the Yankees lose eight seven, and he makes the final out with the with a runner on third base, he's going to get crucified. I think Stanton just has such a bad rap on this team. Like you have to really like if you compare Stanton's numbers to Judge's right now, they're pretty fucking good. Like if you want to talk about how good Judge has been for this team this year just on a basic level, I mean, Stanton's not far behind. Yeah, but you know, dude, I've called him A-Rod 2.0 with good reason. It's just no nothing he ever does is going to be good enough, and yeah. they'll love him when he hits home runs, and they'll hate him when he doesn't. And that's fine at this point. You know, I'm over fighting for the guy because sometimes he is brutal to watch in big spots. But just getting back to Judge, do you think he's hitting that stride that we've been waiting for? Well, he said he's not. He doesn't feel good at the plate. He yet. doesn't still, feel good at the plate. He's like five home runs in the last two, 24 hours. I think in the last 10 games, uh, I don't know. I don't recall if he did much today, but Ooh. coming into today's game in the last 10 games or so, his OPS was over 1,300. Wow. That's like impossible. That's so, crazy. But he told. He said after the game last night, he's still waiting to put it all together. Well, look, if that's the fucking case, man, Please put it all together because I'd love to see what kind of video game numbers you're going to put up after that. I mean, let's just look at a basic level here. Again, I don't know if this takes into consideration today. He's batting almost 290s at 286. Again, that might have dropped a little bit. He's got 63 RBIs. When you put that into context of the whole team, I mean, we're we're talking about a team that has 499 runs scored right now. Well, Judge took an offer today, but he walked three times, so... And he's he, 0 for 2 with 3 walks. Yeah, so fuck it. And he's got 26 home runs. So, 
So look, man, he's leading the team offensively, and he and he says, like you said, he still hasn't even put it all together. So we got six weeks left. Let's put it all together and keep it there. All right. So, um, unless there's anything else you want to cover from these last couple of games, nah, want nah, to get to. We've got, nah. we've got a couple of questions from the fans. Let's just let's get through them here. Uh, our buddy Chris Cologne, he says, with the Sevy news, do we finally make a move for a reliable starter to bolster the rotation instead of relying on him to return? He's only pitched 20 innings since the extension, and that includes the postseason. Well, they did. They got a guy named Garrett Cole. Um, and we have a guy in Jamison Tyone who uh, who's really, like you said, I mean, a little disappointing his last time out, but Jamison Tyone has put together a season where it looked like it was going off the fucking rails to start. And this guy's really proving to be a reliable guy in your in your bulk in your rotation. So, yeah, should they get in maybe a solid middle of the rotation kind of guy? Maybe, but I feel like Tyone is is a big bolster to this rotation moving forward. Yeah, but they're still going to need somebody. I mean, you're not bringing Corey Kluber back. What if Corey Kluber have... comes back and fucking dominates and carries you through a postseason? Uh, yeah, but do you trust him to be healthy next year? No, but you're also not going to have to give up a boatload of money for him because of how unhealthy he was. Okay, but what's, uh, you know, we've seen Luis Heal maybe uh, instead of fucking around with him and turning him into Debbie Garcia, maybe he can just take a spot there. Then you have, Mon- you have Montgomery, uh, Tyone, uh, Cole, um, and, you know, he'll, you you probably need a, a reliable guy to stick in the middle of that rotation. If I could have the Yankees, if I could sit down with Brian Cashman and he said, look, I'll make you one promise, use it wisely. My promise I would make him keep would be if Luis Heal finishes out this season as good as he's been, don't fucking touch him. Don't give me the he's not ready bullshit. Don't give me the he's going to have to go through the minor leagues and prove himself bullshit. Because we've seen, we've we've played that fucking game before. We've seen how that movie ends. And it's and it's not pretty. If he's good the rest of the way through, he doesn't even have to be great. Be good. You yeah, don't you know, touch him. You know what the sad part is? I don't know if we see him again after Tuesday. How is that even possible? I, I don't know. I gotta it might be book it might be simple bookkeeping, to be honest with you. Man. But you know what? Designate Andrew Heaney for assignment, bro. Please. Please, I don't care if he gave up guys for him. He came here to do a job, and I'm not blaming the Yankees for giving up guys for him because he's a guy who at least on paper should have done the job they needed him to do. And he didn't. Let's let's eat our fucking pride a little bit and fucking DFA him. Please. All right, so Nick Baresi uh, says, if you could pick an MVP out of Cortez, Lasagna, and Monty, who would it be? And he wants us to know that he's going to the doubleheader on Tuesday. He's wearing NYYST Hell gear. yeah. And he says to look for him, he'll be ha- he will have a giant Italian flag with him. So Nick Baresi just became our favorite listener. So thank you, Nick. But uh, for me personally, out of those three guys, I mean, how do you not say it's Jonathan Wiseka, man? I mean, he's mm. been a lynch. Look, uh, you hate Jordan Montgomery, so you're not going to pick him. And I like Monty, but I don't think he's been an MVP to, uh, of this team in any I way. I hate Monty. I think he's been phenomenal for this team. Uh, you know, Cortez has been really good, and he's come up with some really big performances especially when a team's been hurt but 
We just spent the last two shows talking about how fucking terrible his bullpen is. Take Jonathan Lewiska out of that. <laughs> how much worse are they? Um, it's so tough for me. It, it probably at the end of the day would have to go to Lewiska, but what Nestor Cortez has done for me, it makes it difficult for me not to choose him because, you know, in a certain way, we expected. Loisa could have that stuff, that put away stuff. We knew it was there. We were waiting for him to put it all together. For Nestor Cortez to be planted into this fucking rotation that was literally non-existent and to do what he did, what he's done, I don't know. I where would the maybe this bullpen is so fucking depleted and done at this point if Nestor Cortez doesn't step up the way he did and be successful at it. Maybe there, maybe Jonathan Wiseka's arms fucking off the rails at this point, out of out of its fucking socket because of how many innings he had to throw. If Nestor Cortez doesn't come in and do what he's done, you have to think of it that way too. Nestor Cortez has been absolutely phenomenal for this team. Okay, he's been good. Okay, okay, he's been phenomenal. All right. Okay, Nestor Cortez is a starting pitcher. Okay, I told you this. I said Corey Kluber was a starting pitcher. I said and Andy I said Pettit was a Cortez, starting pitcher. And Nestor Cortez is a starting pitcher too. Okay, what's okay. what's Nestor Cortez's uh, ERA right now? Uh, it's on. It's two something. Nah, it's two something. It's it's two five five. And that's it's that. Two five five. That includes his relieving starts too. Okay, I never said that he's been bad. He's been phenomenal. I think that if you're going to give an MVP award, can I, I think it's Loisica, man. If we're talking, if, if we're talking at the end of the season, then I'm probably going Loisica. If we're talking about keeping this team where it's been and still in a fight for a playoff spot, I don't know. It's it's a toss up for me. All right, so our buddy at Kobani Joey Kobani Kobani Gold. He says, do we agree that it's time to use J-Lo in safe situations for the time being? It doesn't seem to be a better option right now. I, I, don't, uh, I think you're going to. I think you're going to. I don't know, bro. And it's only because of the way we've seen Boone deploy him in these last two days. Is he better as the fire extinguisher? Well, this is the problem that I kept saying. Is like when you're relying on Wandy Peralta over other guys, that's when it becomes the issue because... Here's here's some more fire fire questions, fire round questions for you. Do you trust Green as the closer? No. Do you trust him as the fire extinguisher? Over Lewizica. Over Lewizica. Uh, not over Lewizica, but do I trust him more in that role? Yes. Okay. Do you trust Lewizica over Green as a closer? Yeah, yes. And yes, do I you do. trust Lewisica over Britain or anyone else as a closer? Yeah, yes. So right you, now, yes. so your answer is it's got to be Lewisica by default because you don't trust Green there. So regardless of as good as good as he's been in the fire extinguisher role, even if he gets that job done, you have no one you trust as a closer at that point. More over Lewisica. Right. I mean, I can't disagree with that point. It's just that he's been really good doing this and right. But him doing that means nothing. If, if the guys coming in after it are fucking it up anyway, I mean, I mean, look, biggest fucking loser. I I hate his guts. I hate his guts. Look, dude, you're, you're looking at a situation right now where it's a five, one game today and you don't trust anyone coming in. 
Can we just say, dude, the Mets are losing nine to fucking two. The guy <laughs> draws a walk. He sprints to first base and points to the sky. Can we drop the fucking act, please? please? It's all theater. Wear your mask. <laughs> it's theater. What were you saying? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if you want to tell me that no one else should be closing be, besides Lewisica, I can't disagree with it based on how we broke it down. It's just that the way Boone's deployed him, he really works well in that role. So, I mean... Look, you could look at it two ways. Lewisica's the guy you trust most as a closer, but if you don't want to take him out of the role he's in, then you got to just say, look, we got to be able to rely on Green. Green's got to be better, but will he get there? It doesn't look like it to me. Look, here's... And I, I tweeted this today, right? So oh, Stephen, Ridings, Stephen Ridings comes into the game, and they have all righties lined up Chicago. And then Larusa decides he's going to go to lefties. There's nothing Boone can do about it because he's got to pitch to three batters, right? Right. Now, how fucking stupid would it be if you also made a rule that once you decide... You know, once the you know the, the the team says, okay, here's my pitcher. He's got to pitch to three batters. You're only allowed to pinch hit for that first batter. How fucking stupid would that be? And then from batters four on, if they leave him in, then you can pitch hit for that for that. You know, how stupid would a rule would that be? Well, it just goes back to the rule itself, right? So if you made that rule, everybody would be screaming how fucking dumb that would be. But to me, and I'm not just saying this because I thought of it while the Yankees were playing today and it, it was going on with the Yankees, but how, however much of a disadvantage is that to the, the pitching team to that manager that he's not allowed to, to make any counter moves, but the other team can. Here's so here's my thing. Sometimes you're making rules in the game, like the runner on second, that's just idiotic and, and little league esque. But then there's certain rules that should never be allowed. And in my opinion, any rule being implemented that that takes away a manager's job to do his job, to strategize in any way that he feels fit for the team to win is a rule that does not belong in the game. It just doesn't. No, and I don't... Look, that's one of the things that has to go, the three bat Because think about it. They said it was for the pace of the game. It's awful. Games it would make the games how much how much quicker are these games going by because you you have to keep a, a reliever in for three batters right it's miserable it's miserable it, so either you make a rule that within you're allowed to pinch hit the first batter and then the next two batters you can't pinch hit for or you get rid of the fucking rule right because, because yeah it just doesn't make sense you're because why are you then allowing the opposing manager exactly. to to use strategy and put oh, matchups in his because pinch hitters don't have to take time to warm up. Yeah, well, guess what? It, you're ruining the fucking the competition here. You're ruining the brains of the game. I don't like it that you're allowing one manager to still manage and not the and the other manager. Exactly. Manage. It just makes it just makes right. such little sense. You got to find the right lane to use them. It makes well, then you such have, little sense. Well, then guess what? the other manager's not allowed to make moves either, right? Because how stupid would that sound? And I'm not for that. I think it's fucking asinine to even suggest it, but that's how stupid the three batter minimum rule is. I agree. 
All right. So uh, we'll wrap up the show there. Uh, episode 248. We want to thank you very much for listening to the show here. Uh, please go to patreon.com slash NYYST. Support the show. Become a patron of the show. It's five bucks a month. Five, I know that. Five dollars. And I know I know how much money you guys waste. Okay. Right. I've seen uh-huh. your tax returns. Okay. Okay. I know how much money you fucking guys waste. And you can't spend $5 a month Huge helping amounts. fellows out. Okay, so go there. Also, go to um, Apple Podcasts, leave a five star rating and review. And like we said, we'll just do it real quick. The Yankees are making up a game tomorrow night, Monday, or actually tonight. You'll be listening to the show Monday morning. Um, excuse me. The Angels are in town for one. It's Suarez versus Garrett Cole, and then it looks like in, it looks like uh, game one is heel. I was listed Red Sox or TBD, uh, and then in game two. Um, it's Monty also against TBD and the Yankees are TBD for uh, Wednesday, but they have, but the Red Sox have Pavetta listed as a starter. And then, and then the twins are in town for four. So, I mean, here's what you do. You win Monday, you, you take two or three from Boston and you take three or four from Minnesota. You have yourself a nice fucking home stand. You win you go seven. What, that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. You go six and two. How does that sound? You have a nice six and two homestand. Is that impossible? No. Is that too much to ask for? No. Not the way this team is playing. And I and I'm going to say this: six and two homestand. I signed for it in blood right now. Those two losses cannot come to Red Sox. And cannot those come. and those two losses, even more so, cannot come when we have leads in the eighth and ninth inning. Okay. Not come against the fucking. You cannot lose two games to the Red Sox. No. And tell me you're serious about getting no. the whole season. No. So uh, th- again, like we said, thank you very much for listening to the show. We'll be back uh, Sunday night after the Yankees wrap up their homestand. I'll be on Patreon sometime during the week. It's all seven oh five starts, so I'll have to pick a good day uh, to do that. So uh, definitely look out for that on patreon.com slash NYYST. Again, thank you very much for your continued support of the show. I'll say it for Stack Guy Right. Go Yanks. Chris, say goodbye. Peace.